Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. A seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs. And every person we meet this is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah. Welcome to the Modern Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here on another Tuesday. Your favorite podcast, right back in your ear. Uh, man, I love this time of the year. Uh, that's once a month we do a local pastor spotlight. And you guys are enjoying this, and and I appreciate the submissions and and keep giving me guys because there's so many people out there working hard, working in the vineyard, and just not getting a lot of credit. Uh, not that these people want credit or they're looking for it, but I just think it's awesome to be able to celebrate these these men out here grinding, uh, uh, preaching the word, and being shepherds and loving on people, you know, and not uh, at the conference or not on the bestseller list. Um, and today we're blessed to have a brother uh, on on the phone, man. Um, I appreciate my homeboy Shatario. He'll be on in a few minutes for uh, for introducing me to him or putting me on him. Uh, we have Pastor Ryan Rice. How are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Mr. Rice, uh, first man, jumping right in, let's give a kind of like a background of, you know, who you are and and any person you want, you know, family, all of that. And then we'll yeah. jump into some ministry stuff, man. I'm going to give the floor to you. Yeah, well, uh, awesome. Well, so again, Ryan Rice, uh, I've uh, been married for 12 years. I uh, have four kids, uh, so ranging from all the way from eight years old to eight months old. So nice. Uh, we, <laughs> so we, uh, I tell my wife all the time. I say, you can tell I really love you. So, uh, <laughs> so that's, that has been a huge blessing to us. Uh, yeah. So my wife and I, we, uh, I'm from New Orleans. Uh, my mm-hmm. wife and I met uh, while in college here and uh, moved away here for about ten years. Uh, and I lived in Baton Rouge, only about an hour and a half away from New Orleans. Uh, before I was in ministry, I did uh, 
training and development, so kind of human resources, and um, then mm-hmm. God uh, called me to the the ministry, and that was a uh, that was definitely a an exciting time of being called and walking through that. But uh, God has been good to us and uh, our family and my wife and I, we love each other. And it's just been a blessing to do life and ministry together. Wow. Baton Rouge, man. That's, that's a particular, that's a, a kind of different, I guess, area or demographic when you say. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> In New Orleans. Yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, uh, when you come to Louisiana, uh, of course, you know, you get the Bible belt from Louisiana, Mississippi and on. Uh, but Baton Rouge is for sure, like still kind of like that Bible belt, you know? Uh, but when you mm-hmm. come past there and you come towards New Orleans, you leave the Bible belt and you come to a whole different, uh, ball game, you know? <laughs> so, uh, we, right. we love that. We love living in Baton Rouge. It was great. Uh, and in fact, we, we thought we we're going to stay there and kind of move on somewhere else. But of course, God had other plans. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So where are you currently and what's the name of the church that you guys have? Yeah, so uh, we moved back here uh, really in 2014 um, to uh, plant a church uh, here in New Orleans. Uh, and really, um, the way it kind of came about was in 2009, uh, we, we were just really praying and just seeking God to as what he wanted us to do, uh, we approached the elders of our church and just were like, hey, you know, we're just trying to figure out what God has called for us as a family to do. At that time, we didn't have, uh, we were having our first child and everything. And so um, after praying about it and, and really getting some counsel from, from the elders and just seeking the word and the word, uh, we really felt like God had placed on our heart to come back to New Orleans. Uh, that wasn't the time. We, we just waited and just kind of you know, waiting for the right moment to make that move. And so we moved down here uh, and planted a church. The name of the church is Connect Church of Algiers. That's the community we're in. And the church plant mm. is uh, two years old. So it's only two years old, and uh, it's been a interesting ride, uh, church planting here in the city. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, you know, uh, New Orleans, like you said, that's that's a different that's different too, <laughs> you know, right, uh, right. different kind of, of people and all of that. So, um, you said connect church, uh, what, what actually kind of, I guess, uh, gave you the name connect church? Where did that come from? Man, great, great question. So when we first started off, uh, and in, in 20, technically 2014, into 2014, we started kind of hitting the ground, uh, man, hitting like really the block just loving on people, sharing the gospel, evangelism and, and everything. The name of the church started off was uh, Life Church, and we kind of okay. had the part of like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna bring life kind of to the city. That's the that's our whole that was our whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And as we as we were going, man, we were I mean, and I hate to even use this word, we were really grinding, man. And that's kind of our <laughs> thing. Like, I mean, we were hitting the ground. We're, I mean, evangelism, door. Right. I mean, knocking on doors, all that. Well, turns out that there was a church that came into the same neighborhood with the same exact name as ours. Oh um, yeah, brother. And so their theology was uh, was more word of faith, uh, definitely mm-hmm. more kind of prosperity. So man, we were doing these outreaches, man, and loving on people, and folks were drifting to that church because they weren't out doing anything. And so <laughs> we were just like, you know what? Let's we got some of our leaders together, and we just started praying and saying, you know, what are we really doing, and what does it look like God has been doing in our church? And Mm -hmm. everything just pointed to we were really discipling people, and we were connecting them to the Lord, 
uh, right. connecting them to one another and connecting them to serve the community. And so we're like, you know, mm. man, let's just connect church. You know, that's that's what we've been doing. And so that's uh, that's kind of how that name came about through some prayer and just really seeing what God was already doing. And when we mm-hmm. changed the name, we just we just roll with that. And it's been a huge blessing for sure. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always interested in a name, you know, even, you know, with people, you know, but with a church, uh, especially if it's a plant, I'm always interested in, you know, what, right. what, what I guess inspired that. And that's awesome, man. Um, because, you know, uh, and, and, and the people probably going to the other church thinking it's y'all, you know, because <laughs> no, yeah, of the we name of the thing. Bro, we had a lot of that, man. And it was, you know, and and one of the things I told our team, I was like, you know, look, um, praise God, we we will change, we changed our name because, uh, you know, you didn't want to be associated, and a lot of people thought we were kind of affiliated, and I was like, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. theology is totally different, like we're <laughs> that's not us, you know, so so it was good, right? Okay, good deal, man. So, you know, uh. The thing about, you know, thing I love about church plants, you know, is the, the I guess, the vision. Like, you know, it's, it's you got two years in the game. What are yeah. some of the things that you want to see happen uh, in your church and in your, your community? You know, man, I tell you, so um, an interesting thing happened uh, about, a, about a month ago. Uh, I didn't know something was happening behind the scenes. Uh, so... Three months ago, uh, a church down the road from us, uh, Oak Park Baptist Church, um, had started talks about uh, merging with the church. And uh, mm-hmm. we didn't know they started talking about merging with our church. Um, so, you know, uh, oh, wow. they brought, yeah, so it was crazy. So the church had uh, started declining, and um, they at one time had about 700 members and then really dropped down to about maybe 60 on a good Sunday. Um average age of the congregation about 70 um just really mm-hmm. wasn't able to reach the community at all and so they approached us about the possibility of uh merging and um you know really to see that kind of in god's plan for us was a surprise uh our heart uh really has always been to be a church where of course christ is glorified but where we're making seeing disciple makers made you know with those who are loving christ and then being able to go make disciples um, our heart has always been starting off to really be a church that impacts the community. Um, New Orleans is one of those places where everybody's spiritual. Everybody has, you know, some type of <laughs> something they're into, man. And, and so when you're sharing the gospel here, you got to peel back so many layers because everybody mm-hmm. is just like, hey, well, I'm this or I'm that. And you got to get to the heart of really what is the gospel of so many people. And so our heart was always been to be a church that was in the community that had an impact on the community with the gospel, but also um, in, in very tangible and practical ways. And so even with this uh, new kind of thing that's happening with our church now, of um, you know, we're calling it a replant with this church that mm-hmm. we're kind of uh, coming together with. We're, we're going to be able to do a lot more to really impact the community because now we kind of have the facility to do some of the things we've always wanted to do, uh, mentoring programs for kids, um, you know, mm-hmm. really reaching out to a lot of youth and teens. Um, a, a big thing in our community is uh, kind of mental health. Uh, man, it's a huge need uh, in our community, a lot really? of young people. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing how a lot of young people uh, in, our, in our community suffer from uh, PTSD. 
uh, because mm. of a lot of the stuff that's going on within their homes, within the neighborhood, right. uh, you know, people getting killed and stuff. And so really that's been a, a big thing on our heart to say, how can we really make an impact on the community with the gospel in tangible ways, uh, of course, proclaiming Christ, but then showing the community we really love them as well. Right. Wow. Wow. PTSD. Wow. Yeah. You know, you, you think about when I start thinking about that area, you know, um, you know, my grandma, she old school. So yeah. first thing I think about is, you know, uh, uh, the roots, people putting roots on people yeah. and, and all of that. Do you, yeah. <laughs> can you, you yeah, know, my yeah, grandma, yeah. boy, she, she, be, she be on it, but be careful. I mean, do you guys, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know Do you guys face any of that or, or see any of that kind yeah. of stuff when you're out in the streets. Yeah. So, you know, um, I can tell you the, 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 the gods here, can be summed up to this it's catholicism um the new mm-hmm. orleans saints uh festivals mm. brother let me say <laughs> we have so many festivals it is is ridiculous man uh it's a reality that church attendance drops by like 30 percent when nfl season starts you know and so you got the festival wow. got all that and then you have of course that spiritual component um that that is here uh you do see of course a lot of that um, you know, kind of spiritual warfare that kind of goes on. Um, matter of fact, mm-hmm. one of my brothers in the Lord, um, he's a church planner as well. Their church plant started at the same time we, we started, and they're in a neighborhood where they're meeting in a, uh, they call it a spiritual center. And so mm-hmm. in the spiritual center, you walk in, there's idols that are set up. And I'm not talking about like, you know, little statues. I'm talking about huge statues of idols where people mm-hmm. put out food and they come and pray to them and stuff. And, uh, man, this church plant uh, just went into this neighborhood. And, uh, man, they, they're a bold proclamation of the gospel. And the interesting thing is, even those people who are into all that stuff, they're so um, pluralistic, pluralistic. They're like, this open to anything. So oh, fact, wow. this church plant, it's crazy. This church plant, they were having some kind of religious thing, uh, this healing center was. And so they were like, yeah, can y'all come and just preach the gospel here because we want to hear <laughs> so he was like oh yeah we can come <laughs> we come and, and so they went they preached the gospel and they you know loved on people so yeah for sure new orleans has that that component as well uh that is kind of in the fabric and catholicism is that big big thing that everybody's catholic mm-hmm. oh my word everybody's catholic so really that's something man that's something you know i like i said you know, I just think about my grandma because I'm in South Carolina and um, okay. yeah. And I'm originally from Eastern North Carolina and my grandma, okay. you know, she used to tell me about Charleston. Charleston's like, well, you don't want to go to South Carolina or, and then, you know, I found my wife in South Carolina too. So she was really worried. You're like <laughs> scared that she right, didn't put right. a root on me or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'll tell you, so it's the reality that, you know, there is a lot of spiritual warfare here and, you know, you, you know, you definitely stay, I guess, you know, like the old folks say, you do stay prayed up, you know. Stay that, prayed up, that that's right. Yeah, you know, and, but, you know, <laughs> I think I think you see that as a reality, uh, you know, that that is here, uh, but knowing that Christ is greater, you know, and, right, um, right. you know, walking walking in the, you know, hey, we're walking in the power of the gospel and knowing that Christ is greater than all those things and trusting him in it. Good stuff, man. That's good stuff. So as far as uh, uh, your, your ministry goes, um, and, and the church plant, you say you left, uh, I guess, when you, you got approval from the elders. What what was the church that you, you I guess, that uh, sent you out, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, where did you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Who, who, who so, kind of um, sponsored it? 
Yeah, so, man, uh, our story is a little unique in that, like, um, so the background that I, I – the church I got saved at, the church I got married at, the church I worked on staff at, the church, all these things. The, mm-hmm. uh, so it was a non-denom kind of charismatic church, you know. And so mm-hmm. um, so we're there, uh, man, just, just there, man, for years, you know. Right. Um, we get to 2014, and we know, and we feel like God is just saying, hey, this is the moment. You know, everything's kind of just all those little co- confirming signs, and now's the time. Um, and we, um, there's a, there was a church planting network that a lot of the guys would leave our, the church we were part of, and they would plant with. And it was more non-denial, kind of charismatic, uh, um, you know, network. Uh, mm-hmm. And as my wife would begin, I would begin to just be praying, man, we just felt, we just felt like that's not where God wanted us. And, you know, mm-hmm. some of our theology was shifting already. Right. Um, and so, you know, I mean, wow, I'm, I'm listening to MacArthur, I'm listening to Piper, mm-hmm. I'm listening mm-hmm. to, you know, Mark Dever, you know, and so I'm getting all this and I'm on staff here. And so all my <laughs> theology is shifting. And, you know, I got to be quiet about stuff because I'm sitting here like, okay, <laughs> brother don't want to get fired. but Right, right. And so, you know, uh, we begin to pray, and um, every time we tried to go kind of plant with his other network and try to go to training, it just would never work out. I mean, it seemed like every door just kept closing. Mm. Um, and I told my wife, I said, you know, I just feel like God may be saying, it's, it's, you, you need to go a different direction. Mm-hmm, so it turns mm-hmm. out I went to talk to one of the elders of the church, and uh, he was in his 80s at the time. So he was not, he was a kind of real lay elder. And, I, you know, I sat and I said, you know, look, I share with him how some of my theology has shifted um, and some of the things where I stood now and convictions I had. And he said, you know, look, maybe God is just saying there's a different direction for you. And so you just need to walk that path. And one day I'm sitting in my office, man, this is going to sound like the most unspiritual thing, but I'm sitting there and I just was like, you know, I need to Google church planning in New Orleans. And I just Googled church mm. planning in New Orleans and the first thing that popped up was uh, the SIN, SIN Network, S-E-N-D. So this is the church planning arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. And, uh, man, I pulled it up, and um, I started reading it. And, and the first thing I saw at the end, it was like, yeah, we're part of the Southern Baptist. I was like, whoa, Baptist, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can get down with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, I just really felt compelled to call, and I uh, called him up and ended up uh, – you know, connecting with them and share, they shared with me their vision of a church planning in America. They, their strategy is they have 32 uh, strategic cities that are major metropolitan areas where they're strategically planning churches uh, to reach really the nations through cities. And mm. New Orleans is one of those places. And I ended up connecting with um, the kind of coordinator, or they call him a missionary in New Orleans, connected with him, and we became friends. So, mm-hmm. man, for about almost a year, uh, he just loved on me and just really, we talked about the idea of us planning and uh, planning with them. Uh, I kept saying no, because I was like, I don't know, you know, what are my friends going to think? And, you know, mm-hmm, all these mm-hmm. foolish things, you know, because you come out of those circles, you just like, hey, folks, the first thing folks say, oh, you left the Holy Spirit, you know. And uh-huh. kind of yeah, you preach it. <laughs> and so I was like, man, and that was really, you know, I was I was nervous because I was like, man, mm-hmm. I, I'm not forsaking the Holy Spirit on any of those things. And then my wife just pretty much, she just started telling me, look, you either going to man up and follow the Lord or you're going to be fearful of men. What you going to do? Mm. And so I said, you know what? We're going to go all in. And by God's grace, we, we went all in with uh, the Sin Network and planted with them. And God has so richly blessed us, brother. It's It's been, wow. it's been a good thing. 
And so, yeah, so uh, that's kind of how we ended up, and that's our journey of coming from where we were to where right. we are now. Man, that's so dope. That is that you don't know. You're encouraging me, man, because I currently go to, you know, non-denom, more Pentecostal, and and uh, you just don't know. We I, actually, you know what? I'm gonna save your number. We're gonna talk, man, because that yeah, really encouraged man, awesome. me. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, it wouldn't be right. My homeboy, Shatario, set this all up, and I think he's in a good place right now. We're going to bring him in so he can yeah. he can holler at you real quick. Shatario, you in here, boss man? Yo, 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 yo. Y'all hear me? Hey, hey what's up, sir? Bro? Yeah. All right, my fault, y'all. My fault. You good, man. Keep going. We rolling. Work. Nah, first of all, first things first, like you, you in New Orleans, so I need the gumbo hookup. Oh, look, I need let that right you, off the bat. Like, I, I need the gumbo hookup. Look, let me tell you, if you ever down, let me know, because my, my grandma, she cooks the best gumbo, bro. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'll get you the, the secret hookup with that, bro. <laughs> like, like, up here, the closest thing to gumbo we can get is jambalaya. And I just oh, feel like it's not the okay. same. I feel like that's not. Nah, it's not the same. Uh-uh, nah, not the same. You got to get it where you got... All the shrimp and all the crabs and all everything in there, man. Hey, man, I ain't ate yet. Y'all chill, man. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man, that's that's cool, man. No, man, but um, I man, I I was listening while I was driving, and um, man, something that just came to my mind is listening to you is just the fact that you did. You were talking about how you guys connected with another church and y'all were doing a joint a joint church. Yeah. Now, what what is the what's the um, you know is it a mixed congregation or you know what what type of church was it? Um, yeah, man, that that's regard. a great question. Yeah, so the church we're merging with um, the demographic of it is pretty much is is like this. Their average age is about seventy, uh, mostly white, a few sprinkles of you know color in there, but mostly white, you know. Um, and to be honest, I, I would probably be their first, like for real black pastor, you know? And so, <laughs> so that's so, but it's, that's it's so cool, cool, man, because, um, what's happening that is so powerful is that we're, we're having our first worship service, um, Sunday for Easter Sunday. Um, and instantly we, we've, we've become a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church. And, wow. you know, and so it's a powerful thing because in our community, uh, we, although we've never had any kind of riots or any kind of things like that, uh, there's still that layer of like, hey, you go here and I go there and, you know, we don't worship together. And so it's going to be a powerful statement to the community of like, hey, look, look at these people, old and young, uh, you know, coming together, black, white you know, uh, Hispanic, all coming together for the glory of Christ. And so um, we're excited about that. Wow, man, that's awesome, man. That is awesome. Um, well, let me ask you this, man. So just doing ministry in New Orleans, I know you said it's still the Bible, but, like, all I can think of, like, like I know this is probably bad, but when I think New Orleans, just because of TV, what I think is Mardi Gras, like, just right. that type of that type of atmosphere. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, I mean, just doing ministry in New Orleans. Like, how how is it, man? What are the challenges that you have to deal with doing ministry in New Orleans? Yeah, no, man. And so, really, the culture here, man, is very laid back. 
Um, I, I could say this, uh, growing up here, being from here, born and raised, I mean, I'm doing ministry in the same neighborhood I was born in and grew up in. Um, so the culture itself, uh, statistically, New Orleans is only about, uh, I want to say, 11.5% evangelical. That means folks that actually are born again and will say they're born again. So you have a, a vast lost population. Um, culturally, man, it's very laid back. People are very welcoming, very, very warm. Um, look, we uh, two weeks in a row, we did, we probably knocked on, I don't know, probably like over a thousand doors in our neighborhood. And people are open to talk all the time. I mean, open to talk about all kind of stuff. People are very warm, very welcoming, uh, very laid back. Uh, it's a, you're right in a sense that it's a very much a festival type atmosphere all the time. Because there is a, a culture here where people live for the party. So, um, you know, it's man, look, let me tell you. So this week has a break. Next week starts Jazz Fest. And then every week after that, you got something going on. And so, wow. what, so when you talk about challenges, some of the challenges is, are that you, you have so much to compete with because so much is always going on. Um, you have uh, this kind of, uh, I don't even call it apathy, man. It's just this very laid back, I guess, you know, really laissez-faire kind of like, hey, we're here, and if it rains today or if it's too sunny outside, we may not come to church today. Don't pressure me too much because, hey, I'm just out of here. And so you kind of have those challenges. And, of course, uh, the spiritual challenge of dealing with the idea of, um, I would have called it even that stronghold of Catholicism uh, and so many mm-hmm. people's lives um, where it is a works-based salvation. Man, I can't wow. tell you, um, we've done so many surveys and, and, and shared the gospel with so many people. And these are folks, some folks will say, well, I go to, uh, you know, this Baptist church over here, or I go to this church over there, you know, non-denominational church. It doesn't matter. And you ask them the question, what does it mean for a person to be born again? And the the one thing they'll say is, well, you know, you do good works. So it is ingrained in the culture here, man, and you have to work through and peel through so many layers. And so those are just some of the struggles you kind of face, uh, of course, doing ministry here. Wow. Wow. That's something. Man, I, I, I caught you said that you are ministering in pretty much the same neighborhood you grew up in, um, I guess, how has that experience been, you know, because even uh, in Jesus' hometown, they didn't accept him, man. Right. So what, what you got right. going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I first when I first moved back, I, 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 I didn't come in with the expectation that a whole bunch of my friends would come to our church. Uh, and I'm glad I did mm-hmm. because that proved to be true. So, you know, we had, <laughs> we had some of our folks kind of visit. Uh, it, it, mm-hmm. I think it's different for people now as they see, because some folks remember how it was in high school, which, you know, hey, that's high school. Oh, yeah. I don't want to bring that person back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think it's been interesting. Uh, the good thing, I'll tell you the good side. The good side is uh, when people hear, oh, yeah, you're from here, you grew up on the street, it, it lends a lot more credibility uh, to people kind of mm-hmm. hearing you out and listening. Uh, but then the flip side of it is, you know, people that know you, don't necessarily say, oh, man, we're coming to your – well, they say it all the time. Oh, we're coming to your church. We're going to come visit. But, right. you know, they usually darken the doors. Um, but the plus side of it, I think, has been 
um, being a church planner, one of the big things you got to do, of course, is like exegete the culture and really understand um, how to really reach, um, you know, the people that you're reaching. And so I think that was a benefit, of course, moving back. You kind of you kind of understood already, uh, like we already knew coming in that um, this is a very relational place. And so mm-hmm. building relationships, like discipleship for us, is all surrounded about relationship. So it's not just like, oh, yeah, come to my Bible study group and, you know, hey, come sit in the class. It's like, no, it's really surrounded around relationship and doing life together because it's the natural rhythm of how, you know, how we do stuff. And so I think that's been the plus side of doing ministry in your hometown. Okay. Wow, man. Um, You said said earlier that you guys are, you guys are uh, Baptists? Yes. Okay. Um, question. I wanted to ask, man, um, being in New Orleans, being at your church is Baptist, have you had a chance to meet the great uh, Dr. Fred Luter? Yes, sir. Yeah, matter of fact, I could text Pastor Fred right now, and he'll, he'll pick up, or I can call him right now, he'll pick up. Yeah, so Pastor Fred is uh, is a close friend of mine. In fact, when our churches, wow. uh, two churches were going to merge, he was going to be our He's going to be one of our partners kind of sending church for us as well. And uh, so it's been great uh, just kind of having him um, drop knowledge on me all the time, you know. So I call him, uh, you know, he answers and and, uh, really shares a lot with me. In fact, one of the things he shared with me when I first moved here was uh, a couple of different things. Uh, He said, number one, be faithful to Jesus. Number two, be faithful to your wife. And he said, number three, be faithful to the ministry God called you to. And wow. yeah, that's, that's, that's how he's remained, man. And so uh, that's been a blessing because um, here in New Orleans, it just takes so much time to build credibility. And uh, because, you know, a lot of people left after Katrina, even ministries bounce. And, um, right. you know, it takes a lot of time for people to trust you. And so that's why I think Pastor Fred has so much credibility, man. He's been here for so long, brother, and shepherding the same people for years. Right, right. Wow. same community, man. And that that's the if you if somebody said, Hey, I'm planting in New Orleans or anywhere, but specifically New Orleans and they say, Well, this is just a stepping stone, I'm like, bro, you don't need to plant here. You need to just kinda right. come and be a part of a team. But I tell people all the time, my thing wasn't planting a church, my thing was planting my life back here. And so mm. I'm I'm planting my life in this community because I love this place and this is where God has called us to be. And um, I don't feel like, you know, anytime God is moving us, but, hey, this is our heart, and we want to plan our lives here. Wow. Wow. That's good. Yeah, uh, Tario is, is a little starstruck and a little bit jealous that you you know I'm like that. You should see uh, what he's texting man. me right now. <laughs> if you come, let me tell you, if you come down, man, I'd I love to, uh, man, I asked Pastor Fred if we do lunch or something, man. But Pastor Fred has been a, a huge blessing, man, and, God is really blessed. Um, being a part of the SBC, um, it, it's been great uh, for me. Of course, I mean, Southern Baptist life is, I'm still learning it. Um, mm-hmm. But the younger generation, man, if you're 40 and under, or really 30 and under, uh, and you're in this church kind of planning network with a sin network, uh, man, you're seeing some highly uh, called, qualified, man, young men who are just, it's a multicultural movement uh, of God in urban areas. And you're seeing a lot of African-American men, too, raise up in, in leadership and stuff. I mean, look, let me tell you, 
four years ago or three years ago, if you'd have told me, um, A, I would be a part of uh, a church planning network that's a part of Southern Baptist, I would have laughed in your face, you know? Um, but, <laughs> man, if you'd have told me a year ago that this summer I'm going to be preaching um, at the Southern Baptist Pastors Conference as one of the speakers, wow. man, I was in my ah, you know, but um, that's been a blessing, you know, of being a part of this network and, uh, you know, being able to do certain things like that. I didn't ask for any of that, but this is just, you know, hey, what God wanted me to do, I guess. Yeah, you you just disqualify yourself for local pastor. You're famous now. I'm just playing. I'm joking. Nah, just joking, man. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> man, man. He in the big now, man. He, he in the no, big you know what's crazy? Let me tell you what's crazy. This year at the Southern Baptist Pastors Conference, they decided to do a thing where they wanted to highlight small local church pastors. Uh, they bite it, man. I, I, I had it first. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, the crazy part is, uh, I mean, probably 80% of the churches in, in the Southern Baptist Convention are 100 and under. And so that's your average church, mm. you know. And so, man, they did a thing where they uh, asked for nominations for uh, pastors to um, be nominated to actually preach. And so they had like 140 uh, nominations, man. And these the, the guys who are on this kind of team, Brother, they listened to, like, all these guys' messages, man. I mean, I don't know how they did that, but they had up some system. <clears throat> so they went from 140 to, I think, 40, and then from 40 to 12. And they listened to your messages, a bunch of your messages. And they were looking for guys who were uh, expository preachers who would preach the <clears throat> word. And um, when I got the call, they were like, hey, brother, you know, you, you've been selected to be 12, one of the 12 speakers. And I was like, nah, you must have got the wrong rhyme because, uh, I mean, did you really listen to my messages? Like, for real, you know? And I was like, yeah, you know? And, and I was like, okay, cool, man. So I was humbled by it, for sure, still humbled. Right. So we're going to be preaching through the book of Philippians. Uh, and so it's going to be on June, June 10th and 11th, I think. We're going to be all preaching through the book of Philippians. We all have a certain passage you're going to be preaching. So it should be a good, a good time. Nice. Um, and that's awesome. That's awesome. So thinking about preaching and, um, you know, local church and stuff, man, how has reformed theology impacted the way you do ministry in New Orleans where you're dealing with the word of faith guys and you're also yeah. dealing with Catholicism as well? Like how have you, how has reformed theology kind of shaped you know, how you do ministry and how you preach and whatnot. Yeah. Your context. Right. No, man. I, I, yeah, that's powerful, man. Well, you know, I tell you, um, probably back in 2013 is when I really started getting exposed to kind of uh, reform theology, theology as well as, of course, you know, expository preaching. Um, uh, I think, the, of course, it came first through kind of MacArthur and then, you know, Piper and, and different ones. And so, um, I think the biggest blessing has been uh, the real focus on expository preaching and really like text, that text-centered preaching, you know, coming under the authority of the text, you know, solo scripture, you know, and really just saying, hey, um, we're people of the book, which is different here because, um, you know, some, like we've had people come to our church, man, and they're like, okay, like that's not what I'm looking for, you know, because, you know, we're going through the text, and, you know, we're just saying, well, this is what the Lord says. I, I'm I'm probably, I don't know if I'm exaggerating this number, but I'm just thinking of people in our church. I would say probably over 50% of the people in our church come from, uh, uh, like, a non-kind of, like, Scripture-alone background. You know, they come from mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, 
the pastor just gets up and just, you know, your breakthrough is coming through now, you know, and, you know, all mm-hmm. this kind of, you know, <laughs> breakthrough harvest, you know. Um, and so I think the biggest lesson for me is just been saying, okay, look, we're depending on the word, we're looking to Christ, you know, we're, we're saying Christ is the central focus of what we're doing in uh, the songs we sing and the messages we preach and just saying, hey, um, you know, we're preaching through the text and the, we, we want to preach what the text says, not what we want the text to say, you know. And um, I think that's been the biggest lesson and the biggest uh, challenge because, you know, when you have so many people that are preaching a different gospel, um, you know, and you're saying, well, no, we want to preach the gospel uh, that is from, you know, the word. And it, that's, I think that's been the biggest, biggest lesson to me, how I've seen kind of reformed theology kind of shape my, my view of the word, but also evangelism, man. Like, I mean, it fuels a mm-hmm. fire for evangelism as well, bro, because when you know the reality that is, that is, that is Christ that does it all, you know, and it's, it's God's spirit that draws men and, you know, that, Hey, all you got to go out and do is be faithful to proclaim the gospel message. And I think that's the biggest thing that, that propels you to go and share the gospel and go into the neighborhood with this, almost like this freedom knowing that, Hey, I've just mm-hmm. been called to be faithful. And I, and guess what? I tell people all the time, I say, look, guys, when we go out share the gospel, uh, we are successful because all we've been called to do is be proclaimers of the truth, call men to repentance, and, you know, the Lord will do the, the work. I mean, God is the one who does the work. God is the one who causes dead, dead men's heart to come alive, you know. And so mm-hmm. we go, we proclaim the message of, of, of the truth of the gospel, and we trust Christ to do the work, you know, my spirit. So uh, I think that's been a huge blessing. Wow. Wow, man. Well, man, let me ask you this, man. So, like, for me, I've been in, I've been, you know, in ministry for about seven years. I'm, I'm still young. I'm 23, and, um, you know, I went to school. I went to a Christian college or whatnot and um, serving at church, and, you know, I know I'm called to ministry, and I want to be a pastor one day. Um, so being able to ask someone who is a pastor, what would be your biggest um, – advice for me in terms of how should I be serving at my church now? Like, you know, what should, what, what are some like key things that I really should be doing to just kind of show my pastor, you know, that I'm serious about my calling and what are some things that I should be doing that I, you know, just kind of prepare for God yeah. to open those doors up? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I, you know, I tell young guys who, and we're we're in the fall. We're trying to start a uh, kind of like a residency uh, at our church for young guys who feel like they're called to the ministry, um, you know, so that we can really be, you know, in house raising up that next generation of pastors and leaders. Man, I tell guys all the time. Well, the first thing, of course, uh, let's just start personal first. Is a man, you have to really just love Jesus. I mean, that's the first thing, man. Like, you know, that you're your heart really is saying, I'm I'm for Christ, and my heart is to serve him first and first alone because, you know, a lot of times you can get in ministry and get going, and uh, a lot of people do ministry without the Lord. And and that's the first yeah. thing, you know, wow. both in Christ is the first important thing because in the end, your identity is found in Christ and not what you do for Christ. And so you got to say, you know Ooh. what, my identity is found in Christ alone because in the end, if, you know, a church plant were to fail or all of a sudden something happened where you were removed or you had to be you moved on, 
your identity has to be in Christ first. Um, I would say personally, second, if you're married, uh, make sure your marriage is solid and your wife is on board with the call and the call to ministry and being in ministry because, man, uh, if your spouse is not 100% on board with that and you're, you're walking in ministry and those things, it's going to be hard. You know, it's going to be hard big mm-hmm. time. And so, man, making sure wow. your marriage is solid because guess what? Your first disciples are really going to be your wife and your children. Before you can disciple anybody else, you got to make sure, hey, am I, am I, you know, managing my own household well? Uh, to the glory of God, you know, and, and making sure those things attack. I know brothers who get jump into ministry um, and their marriages are a mess. Uh, their lives have no integrity. Because, like, if you don't have integrity before you get in ministry, you ain't going to have it when you get in. You're just going to put on a mm-hmm. facade that you do. And it, eventually it just all crumbles down. And so personally, man, integrity, character, uh, those things. I mean, you know, look, First Timothy 3, you know, those things, you know, and, and say, hey, right. this is, this is the things that I'm focusing on. Uh, as far as in a local church, man, I, I, one of the things I just say, you know, serve well. Uh, serve well and lead well. And if you're serving whatever area you're serving in, whether it's in kids or whether it's in youth, uh, man, if, you're, if your pastor is giving you different assignments, man, do it well. I mean, do it to the glory of God uh, and whatever you're doing. Say, God, you know what, I'm serving you. My first area of serving was in kids, man. I did kids ministry for years. <laughs> and look, bro, wow. I was the, I was a brother, you know, I'm wiping up puke and I'm like, you know, wiping up pee and all this kind of stuff. And like, you know, folks like, I can't do that kind of stuff. I'm like, I mean, wh- why you can't do it? I mean, Jesus washed feet. Why you can't wipe up pee? You know, and, <laughs> and so I'm like, man, you know, you can serve where God puts you. But you know what I did when I served in the kids ministry, dude, I served to the glory of Christ alone. And I needed, I need a microphone. I need, in fact, they kept trying to like, won't you do this? I said, no, I'm good. Let me just, let me just be with these fifth grade boys every Sunday. And man, I just humbled myself, not for a stepping stone though. It never was a stepping stone. It was like, Mm. this is, this was the greatest platform I could ever have. Because I was serving these kids, and it was just, it was awesome. And, you know, man, they, they were like, hey, can you come on staff? I was like, nah, I'm good. You know, and so, man, just serving where God puts you to his glory, and God takes care of the rest. And so I think those things, because in the end, I think any pastor is looking for somebody who's faithful, available, and teachable. And if you are in that category of saying, I'm faithful to the Lord, I'm, I'm available to be taught and corrected, and, you know, I'm teachable that I don't know everything, that I, I need to learn some stuff. Um, and, you know, of course, asking your pastor, hey, man, like, what are some books I need to be reading? You know, because, uh, you know, I always need to be reading something, you know, uh, on ministry and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I recommend a book, a great book by Paul Tripp. He's one of my favorite authors, uh, Dangerous Calling. That's a great resource. I mean, for anybody who's thinking about going into ministry, it just lays it out for you just so completely some of the hardships and some of the pitfalls and, and what your life should look like. So anyway, that's my long winded advice about that. Wow, man, that's good. Man. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yes, sir. Yeah. That, that's gonna, that's gonna help a lot of people. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think, I, I think you found a new friend. You might not have been looking for one, but you found one oh, here man. brother, with no, the bar. Awesome, <laughs> yeah. awesome, yes, sir. So, uh, right here, man, we're going to take a quick network break so we can uh, advertise one of our network podcasts on the Reform Pubcast Network right here. 
Hi, it's Calvinist Batman. Have you heard of my podcast? I invite a different guest on each week, some who are well-known and others who have secret identities of their own. Each show, we talk about theology, current events, and have some fun, mostly at my guest's expense. So listen to Calvinist Batman and Friends, available on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. It's the podcast you need and the one you deserve, because I'm Batman. All right, we're back, and we have uh, Pastor Rice in here, and and he's blessing us and knocking our socks off, and and all of that good stuff. Uh, but on our way out, Pastor, I always like the these are what I call the bar signature questions. These are the fun questions that I like to ask at the end, uh, just because you know, to me, I think the answer to these questions to kind of tell you a little bit more about the person, maybe like that's unsaid. So uh, the first question is, what kind of music do you listen to? What is on your playlist? If we were able to hook your iPod up to this podcast and let the world hear, what what will we hear? Yeah, man. So uh, I love uh, Triple E. So uh, Triple E is mm-hmm. probably one of my uh, one of my favorite artists. Um, uh, so love Triple E. I love a lot of old school gospel. So uh, man, Mississippi Mass Choir, you know, uh, and it was. <laughs> So I love that man. Uh, I'm a big fan of old school R&B too. So like, if oh I'm yeah, oh, yes, my yard, man. So man, I'm talking about the shy lights. I'm talking about you know, need yeah. Music. I'm talking about all that good stuff. So yeah, that's a that's a mix in my 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 my, my music selection. Okay, that's that's legit. That's legit. That's dope. I, I can dig it. Definitely, you named everything that I I pretty much like as well. Um, the next one is and this may be you know you pastors man i don't know how y'all get down but uh what uh podcasts or sermons do you check out do you have any that you you check out on a regular basis or are you just too busy doing your own thing you can't do it no man so i love uh i love hb charles uh man i love listening to uh, pastor <laughs> hb charles preach um and of course sure. uh, yeah, man. So he he's amazing. Um, uh, man, I love listening to also. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Pastor Michael Cat. He's uh, the pastor of uh, Sherwood Baptist Church. Uh, they're one of our uh, partner churches. So I love listening to him uh, and everything. And uh, man, there's another podcast I listen to a lot, only because I'm a church planner. Uh, it's called. It's from the New Churches. Kind of. It's called New Churches with Ed Stetzer and different ones. So. I'm always kind of listening to that because I always want to tr- try to find out some new stuff. But uh, yeah, preaching wise, man, H.B. Charles, I listen to probably a lot, and I like a lot. I like a lot of old school preaching too. Uh, like uh, man, I'm trying to think, uh, like C. Gardner Taylor, different ones like that. Um, mm. you know, and so yeah, so I love that. Um, man, uh, my mind is going blank right now. But anyway, that's that's e. the ones I can e. pick up Bailey? right now. Yeah, E.K. E. Bailey. Yeah, I love E.K. Bailey. Yeah, I love E.K. Bailey. Um man, uh what is the brother's name? My mind just went blank. Uh golly. Um anyway, he had the sermon uh called the Seven Way King. You know, it made famous that's my king. Um so uh Eldridge, oh, yeah. Eldridge, yeah. Eldridge. Eldridge. Yeah, so I love yeah, so I, I love that brother. I love listening to his messages. So I like a lot of old stuff too. Uh it's a, a huge blessing. That's dope, man. Just add the bar to your rotation and you'll be good to go, yeah, man. I'm man. telling you. Yeah, I'm going to put it in there. Sure, man. Yeah. Good, yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Well, um, this is what I'm going to do right here. If uh, Rio, you good? Can we can we finish this thing up? 
Good, man. Good deal. All right, man. All right, right here, uh, Pastor, I'm going to let you uh, speak to my people, man. Um, anything you want to promote, uh, websites, contacts, uh, anybody you want to shout out. Uh, if you want them to reach their hand towards their device and you send them a blessing, anything you want to do, you do it right here, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, look, hey, if uh, anybody wants to follow us, uh, our church, uh, and, and what God is doing kind of here in New Orleans, uh, different ways you can pray for us, uh, you can go to connectalgiers.com. Uh, so that's connectalgiers.com. Uh, you can sign up for a newsletter. We send it out uh, pretty much once a month. Prayer requests on there. You can follow uh, just kind of what God is doing. Of course, like us on Facebook, uh, Connect Algiers. Uh, we're also posting messages on there and uh, just what God is doing. And you can, of course, friend me as well. Uh, on Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Rice Sr. Or, or anything like that. And so, man, I just want to give a shout-out to all the brothers and sisters in the Lord who are grinded for the Lord Jesus out there. I just want to encourage you. Continue on. Stay faithful to the message of the gospel. Uh, man, be in your community. Don't hide behind the four walls. Go where nobody else wants to go. Go and love on the people nobody else wants to love on because that's the people who Christ has come for. And so love people with the gospel, love people with integrity, and love people with character to the glory of Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, we can do the benediction after that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Yes, sir. Rio, anything you want to say before we get up out of here, boss? Pastor, man, you blessed me, man. You said some profound stuff that I needed, man. I appreciate it. Oh, man, appreciate y'all, brothers, man. I appreciate what y'all doing, man. Y'all keep plowing, man. That, we need more more brothers in the Lord just plowing out there, man, and, uh, you know, really showing the world that, uh, man, the church the church is here and, and followers of Christ are here. And, uh and look, standing against a lot of the false doctrine, of course, you know, Hebrew Israelites, all that kind of stuff, and just saying, hey, yeah, we're here, man. and uh, we're proclaiming Christ and Him crucified. Amen, amen. All right, well, anything else, man, we're going to roll up out of here. Make sure you guys uh, check us out on Instagram and Twitter. That's at the bar underscore podcast. Also on Facebook, all you got to do is search Biblical and Reformed, and you will find the bar on Facebook. Make sure you tell a friend, a cousin, an uncle, a brother to subscribe to the bar. And if you already subscribed, make sure you give us a review. Five stars would be pretty much like an honest review. If you want to be completely honest, it'll be five stars. And uh, we'll check y'all next time, man. Y'all hold it down. We out. What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there